0: Welcome to the Colors of Wellness podcast with me, your host, Kamala McWinnie, the UN Stress Counselor. This is the podcast on which we tackle all things wellness. And on today's episode, I want us to talk about loneliness. Are you feeling lonely today? If you are, there is no judgment in this space. I want to start off reiterating the fact that loneliness is a natural human response and all of us experience it from time to time. Especially with social distancing being a thing, it's very, very prevalent now for people to be experiencing loneliness because we're not able to engage with persons in physical spaces as much as we used to. We're not able to go out and meet new people as much as we would. And so it really does take a chunk out of our our social interactions. Having said that, I want to highlight the fact that crises like this um, pandemic oftentimes act as pressurizers and so it tends to heighten whatever was existing before. And so for some, not all, but for some people, there was a certain level of loneliness before from time to time or consistently, depending on your situation. And now COVID-19 in many ways is exacerbating that. And so I wanted to start a very unique conversation in focusing on the specific types of loneliness that I came across and also offering solutions, of course, to how we can manage loneliness in general and how we can better support ourselves and each other. So let's get right into it. I came across this article that quoted Gretchen Rubin who highlights 12 types of loneliness and I thought it's so refreshing because what it does is it gives clarity for all of us who use the term lonely, sometimes very loosely. This actually helps us to zone in on what specifically is causing us to feel socially isolated. And that is the nutshell of what loneliness really is. Yeah, It's not being alone necessarily, because it's fully possible to be alone and not be lonely. And oftentimes we are in company and even in good company, and we can still feel socially isolated for one reason or another. And so being able to pinpoint what exactly is causing us to feel that level of isolation is a very powerful tool that can help us to take steps, that can help us to assess our connections, that can prod us to build new ones, and definitely that can help us to cope better under these current circumstances. So Gretchen Rubin, speaks about loneliness due to new situations. So for example, you may have moved to a new country like our international staff, and that can make you feel um, very apart from your regular support system, from the persons to whom you're closest. And especially if it's a case where you are not able to move with your family or some members of your family, that can definitely heighten that sense of isolation. There is also loneliness that can stem from someone feeling very different from those around you especially in important ways such as differences related to your values um, about your interests your faith your religious belief system about your sexual orientation or your identity and this is one that can definitely make people feel alienated especially if there are Overt or not so overt attempts to highlight your otherness. Yeah? There is also loneliness that can stem from not having a significant other. And Gretchen Rubin refers to this as the no sweetheart loneliness. If it is that there isn't a romantic partner in your life, for some people it can really feel like there is a huge gap. Some people can experience shame around it. And it definitely can make you feel very isolated, right? It can heighten that sense of, not being physically, in many ways, physically coupled up. She speaks about loneliness that stems from friends not having time for us. So you do have a good deal of friends, but because of their life circumstances, they do not have the amount of time that they would usually have in order to you know facilitate conversations, hangouts, etc. And it can really make some people feel like, yeah, it's just me, even though I love and care for these people, it's just me loneliness can also stem from having friends with whom you're able to have fun but not really being sure that you can trust them whenever you need them that's an interesting one and i know that there are some people who can probably nod and say yes that's me sometimes especially when people live alone there can be quiet presence loneliness where you just want to have somebody else around. You want to hear another voice in your space. You want to hear somebody else, you know, having a laugh, having a conversation in the, in the other room, just to have that sense of, you know, another life presence. And I know for many people who are living alone, especially under pandemic circumstances, it can on some days really be heightened, and it can definitely be something that requires intentional um, reaching out, intentional connecting, and intentional managing of your emotions. There's some people who feel lonely because of the absence of animals or pets in their space. And that's according to Gretchen Rubin. Um, Some people just need something to care for an animal. Some people are fine with plants, but there are some people who just need that. And that is the source of their loneliness. According to her, you also have loneliness that can be related to not having a friend group. So you may have good individual friends, but you don't have a group of friends that you can hang with, that you can bond with in a meaningful way as a group. And I thought to myself that sometimes this happens because even though the individual friends are good for you in terms of, you know, you can connect, sometimes you may see very glaring ways in which they may not all get along. And so having them all together as a group may not work. Maybe you used to have a group dynamic, but something happened, some conflicts, and now it's like just individuals as opposed to you know um, a network of people. You can also feel lonely because of the fact that you feel alone in a particular experience, and this is very common. So you may be going through something whether negative or positive, like a divorce, you may be getting married. And for some reason, you may feel as though the other people around you just don't get it. You may be going through, you may be on the verge of retirement. Several things can be happening and it may be difficult for you to cope with it. And for one reason or another, whether accurately or not so accurately, you may feel as though the people around you don't get it. They can't relate. And so you feel as though you are all alone in this experience. For the parents of young children, Gretchen speaks to the possibility of having a certain sense of social isolation where you feel lonely despite having another human being with which to bond. You don't feel connected to a support system. Similarly, maybe on the opposite end of the spectrum, some parents experience loneliness due to the empty nest dynamic where your child or children leave home, whether for college, or they're stepping out on their own um, for the first time, they're migrating, etc., And there is that sense of, you know, oh my Lord, what am I going to do without seeing them very often? And especially if you are or were a single parent and you had a home that was filled with, let's say f- even four people, and now it's just down to you, it can be a really tough adjustment and some people really can experience that emptiness, loneliness. There is another one, the everyone else is having fun loneliness. That can be very common during holiday seasons where people feel a certain sense of pressure, in that, you know, other people are out doing the things that people are quote unquote supposed to be doing and you are not. And that can really be a very debilitating um, sense of isolation that can really lead some people to feel even depressed, especially during times when there is a general, you know, social consensus on what is supposed to be happening now. Now, We move from these and I want us to do a sort of an analysis, you know, I'm going to read them again so that you can kind of identify if prior to COVID or even now during COVID, you have experienced any loneliness that you can specifically identify as one of these. So whether whether it's the new situation, loneliness, a new location, a new job, whether it's the I'm different loneliness, people around me don't share my my values, interests or faith or sexual orientation, and you feel very othered by that. Whether it's loneliness because you do not have a significant other. I mean, for people who are experiencing romantic breakups right now, it can be a double whammy. You're not seeing your loved ones as much as you, you used to, you know, physically being able to be present with them. And additionally, the separation from someone for whom you care very deeply and someone with whom you are bonded for a good a good. Um, portion of time it can really just worsen the, the the pandemic effects in recapping we're also looking at the no time for me loneliness where you do have a lot of friends but their life situations have changed and so they don't have as much time for you as you would like and so you feel some level of isolation untrustworthy friends loneliness they are people who you call friends you have a good time but you're not really sure that you can rely on them. So I guess the depth of that bond hasn't been proven to you and you feel isolated because of that. For people who live alone primarily, or mostly, you can just feel the need to have another life presence around. And so the quiet presence loneliness can be a thing for you. Some people really desire to have an animal for um, for which to care. And that's one type of loneliness as well for the people who have good individual friends but they lack a group of friends to hang out with and and there is something very special that comes from group dynamics you know where you can have the different perspectives the different um energies that come from the you know the different personalities that are in the group you can share you can critique each other hopefully in love um you know a a greater number of ideas greater number of fun things that you can do together but for some reason or other, you don't have that group dynamic and that can make you feel lonely. There is the I'm all alone in this experience loneliness for people who are going through a tough time or even just a life-changing experience, I would say. Um, And you don't feel as though those around you can relate. What do you do? Is that your situation? The parents of young children loneliness, we spoke about that one as well. Where you have a new child you have a young baby and even though it's another human being and even though people are congratulating you for example you just don't feel that connection and maybe you don't feel as though you can really depend on these people on the opposite end of the spectrum we have the emptiness loneliness where parents are feeling lonely after their child or children have migrated or gone off to college etc and the final one she mentioned is everybody else is having fun loneliness So people are out doing what people are supposed to be doing and here I am stuck on my couch watching TV Do any of these resonate with you? If so, my first tip is do not judge yourself because you have experienced or are currently experiencing loneliness Loneliness is a feeling, not a fact Loneliness is a feeling and not a fact So let's hold on to that even as we're sharing and even as we're moving towards solution. An important thing to bear in mind here is that sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes when we are experiencing loneliness, and I would dare add to it that sometimes when we experience loneliness in a chronic way, that there also is an accompanying aversion to reaching out to other people, which is the thing that helps to minimize the negative emotional states that come from loneliness is it's an antidote for loneliness connecting with other people intentionally but sometimes for whatever reason we have these mechanisms that almost shoot down other people's attempts to connect with us and we tell ourselves some stories sometimes which are irrational about why we should not also reach out um to connect with with, with, with other people and so my second tip is reach out to connect, and especially now during the pandemic, you know, be intentional about it. Ask people, can we jump on to FaceTime later? Can I talk to you this evening after work? Can we meet up for virtual drinks? Can we, you know, have a games night? Can we do something later? Because sometimes people may not want to assume that you want it as well, and so you're over here feeling lonely, there is a, an avenue for you to get interaction, for you to get social connection, but you have not fully explored it or you're making assumptions just as other people in your space are as well. So reach out to connect, initiate, yes, and um, make yourself available for those connections. Another tip is be of help to others. Loneliness is one of those emotional states that tends to suck all our energies towards ourselves. So it's kind of a self-absorbing space. When we shift that and focus on, okay, how can I be of service to somebody else? Maybe somebody else who you're pretty sure or suspect may also be lonely. Then that takes the focus off you and helping other people, I promise you, is a huge mood booster. So figuring, figuring out, what can my daily act of kindness be even in this virtual space sending a couple of messages to some people you haven't spoken to in a while telling them about how pleasant it was the last time you saw them sharing a compliment with someone you know even if you think they know already how great they are at this particular thing sending a compliment during this time could be a huge day changer you know and game changer for people so think about that how can i add some shine some hope to somebody else's space. So shifting this focus from ourselves and be of help to others is a powerful way in which we can tackle loneliness. Now, this last set of tips I'm gonna share can be really powerful. And it is using sensory stimulation to help to self-soothe, to help us to calm ourselves and to help us to connect with ourselves. This particular topic of connecting with ourselves, I think, could be a whole podcast or a series by itself, because I dare say that sometimes we have an aversion to spending time alone because we thrive on the distractions of everything else, because we may have a challenge in being still because we're forced to be with ourselves. We're forced to be with our insecurities. We're forced to be with our thoughts, yes, or ruminations. And because of that, I know several people have a big aversion to spending time alone. And COVID-19, the pandemic, pretty much is bringing lots of clouds with a lot of rain, yes, and the rain is spend time by yourself. That's that's a lot of what our forecast will bring for the next couple of months, if not longer. Spend time, um, not being alone as in nobody around you in every situation, but even when it is that you do have family around you, sometimes your reprieve is to spend some alone time. It's a healthy thing to do, and it will become necessary the more you're locked up in the house with other people. And especially for people who live alone, then spending time alone is a huge thing. So being with yourself is a very important skill, if I, if, if I may, um, to develop. It's a very important practice. Let me say it that way, a very important practice for general well-being, and especially for coping in this very strange and unprecedented time. So finding ways to connect with yourself, finding ways to connect with your own life force, to enjoy your own company, to almost see yourself as a new bestie. yeah. Explore, what do I really like? What do I want to eat today? Do it in a, in a way of engaging with a being because you are alive. You are a whole being by yourself. I also want to share the use of sensory uh, stimulation, such as using a, a, a comforting blanket. Many blankets have a lot of weight to them, and a good weighted blanket can even simulate the feeling of being hugged or embraced, right? So that's one thing that we can have in our coping toolkit to really help us to manage the negative emotional states that come with loneliness. Things like placing your hand to your heart and just becoming very present to the fact that your heart is beating. There is a life pulsating through your body. You are alive and you are well. And that can be especially powerful if you add some positive affirmations to that as well. So speak some beautiful things to yourself. Speak some morale boosting, motivational things to yourself while you're doing that activity can be a huge day changer and a huge game changer. Hug yourself. How many of us do this? It can be a really powerful thing that in many ways can remind us of being hugged by people that we love. If you love yourself, then give yourself a hug and do that often because that can really stimulate our nervous system to produce those good feeling hormones, right? And that is one way for us to self-soothe. That's one way for us to really take it down, take down the negative emotions and to connect better with self. On the note of reaching out to other people to connect, let's remember that not every connection should be fostered in this time. And as much as possible, we should be intentional about shedding toxic relationships or getting help for toxic relationships, I can't underscore that point enough. For those persons who may, have, who may have or may be experiencing the specific types of loneliness that we mentioned before, reaching out to connect is pretty much a, a fix-all for so many of these um, situations because it is that lack of connection or disruption of connection that leads to loneliness in the first place. Another thing I want to add um, as it relates to some of the types of loneliness is loneliness that we discussed above is the importance of doing critical assessments of our connections and being honest about the ones that serve us and importantly, being honest about, the, about how we show up and how our behaviors can be having impact, even negative impact on the overall well-being of the connections as well. Sometimes we're the ones who need to take a step back Sometimes we're the one who becomes too lonely, who becomes too busy, and and, uh, we don't have time for people in our lives, and they respond by then pulling away. So taking a critical look at your connections in this this season could be a very powerful thing, especially if we're able to do it in chunks, if we're able to do it in a systematic way like journaling, and if we're able to do it without judgment, with some self-compassion. It can be life-changing. Because sometimes you may find after critical assessment that it is your friend's dynamics that, you know, are not the healthiest for you, that you have been accepting things that you shouldn't be accepting. And so you may want to make some changes. So overall, the the, the point is reach out to connect, assess the well-being of those connections and maintain them. And that takes work. That takes intentionality protect those connections, yes? Because I feel as though now we're seeing how valuable they in fact are, yes? If we don't have them, we really feel off. We feel unwell. So it's important to maintain those connections. And on that point of, you know, how to really juice and protect and foster good connections, I also want to leave the tip of... um not assuming not making assumptions sometimes we assume that people are not reaching out because they don't want to when in fact people could be looking at us and making you know assumptions or assessments based on how we have been in the past and based on that they're saying you know what let me give this person room let me allow them to ask me first for example parents of for new parents it could seem so obvious to say a solution to the issue of feeling lonely because you know you don't have support etc is to to, to ask for help because sometimes we sit back and we say well people should know that I need help people should know that it's very difficult to cope but a couple things could come up on their end as well. Maybe they're contemplating whether or not you consider them to be in your inner circle to the point where you would welcome them into your home to help you with your chores or with babysitting maybe it's a case where they feel as though you know when it is appropriate in terms of you having bonded sufficiently with your child when your home can accommodate them then you will ask because everybody's journey is different everybody has different preferences they may even assume that um you know you have other people helping which we do a lot it's called the bystander effect i don't have to do anything because he or she or they have help already other people are volunteering and so people sometimes wait around for you to ask before they reach out and that applies also to connections people might say well it's covid19 but kamala is still working so i'm not going to reach out to her to just check in and chat and say how are you and you're over here saying my god this person hasn't even checked on me to see how i'm doing So let's start a challenge on today to say, I'm going to take the initiative to reach out in the spirit of fostering connections, maintaining connections, yes, and hopefully these will last us beyond the pandemic and make us better people, better friends, and better loved ones overall. I want to leave these tips with you to consider, and as usual, I'm so open and eager to hear your feedback, your suggestions for other topics, and your questions. So please feel free to shoot me an email and I implore us, because I'm speaking to myself too, I implore us to put these measures in place to help us to better manage the crisis that we're currently going through. Remember, we are not powerless. And also remember that self-care is your first job. Until next time, see you soon.